Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. M-S-W Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. Today, the FBI and Mike Sherwin slow walked the DOJ investigation into the leaders of the coup. John Eastman's disbarment proceeding will be live streamed today. The North Carolina GOP House Speaker literally got in bed with lobbyists. Bill Barr slams the former president for his handling of nuclear documents. And vaccine scientist Peter Hotez was stalked after Joe Rogan challenged him on Twitter. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Dana, welcome back. Oh, thank you. Was I gone yesterday? Oh, I was gone. (laughs) (laughs) you've been gone for four days oh my god that's right i was gone yesterday i was gone the day before i'll be gone tomorrow but i'll be back the day after everyone thank you for putting up with this i miss you all when i'm not here and it's i hopefully you miss me but i know ag usually has some good people cover or she just takes the helm herself yep yep and we miss you when you're gone too but i send you those baby photos that you miss oh i still get the good news it makes me very happy Yes, indeed. All right. So today at 10 a.m. Pacific time, Eastman's disbarment proceedings will begin and they're being live streamed. Amazing. (laughs) They could go on for a week. Uh, We will have the Zoom link in the show notes so you can 
check that out. Hopefully we, we don't crash it. So I'll be watching and we'll be reporting on it. So looking forward to that. We'll also be uh, going over the first story in the Hot Notes in pretty good detail on Cleanup on Aisle 45, which comes out tomorrow. So I wanted to give you that heads up. And if you haven't listened to Jack yet this week, you, you really should. Uh, we have Brian Greer on there, a former assistant general counsel for the CIA. And we talk about the Confidential Information Procedures Act and all of the things that Eileen Cannon can't do. So it's going to be uh, an interesting, well, it is an interesting discussion. We've already had it and you can hear it right now on Jack. So go listen. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So I'm going to cover today's Washington Post reporting the way I think it should be covered. And to me, the headline should be Trump holdovers in the FBI and Department of Justice delayed the start of the January 6th probe into Trump. I think that should be the headline because that's what happened. Some key points here. And then, like I said, Pete Strzok and I'll go over it in detail in tomorrow's cleanup on aisle 45. J.P. Cooney. He's the guy investigating the Trump PACs. He's following the money for, for Garland. And now he works for Jack Smith. He wanted to open a probe into the top of the coup before Garland even got there. But the head of the D.C. FBI Washington field office, Dan Tuono, and Mike Sherwin shut him down. What's interesting is when Mike Sherwin was at that March 11th, 2021 meeting with these guys, he didn't mention anything. He talked about the boots on the ground and Oath Keepers and stuff like that. We should go hard. But he didn't have anything in his memo about investigating fraudulent electors or top of the coup or inciting the insurrection, anything around Donald Trump, nothing in his memo. And by the way, I, I, Washington Post has his memo. I'm pretty sure Mike Sherwin is a source for this reporting. Oh, wow. Quote, in February 2021, Cooney took his proposal to investigate the ties with people in Trump's orbit directly to a group of senior agents in the FBI's public corruption division. The plan called for a task force to embark on a wide ranging effort, including seeking phone records for Roger Stone, as well as Ali Alexander. He was urging investigators to probe the connection between Stone and the Oath Keepers, who were photographed together outside the Willard Hotel. And that was shut down by Sherwin and this guy Antuono, both Trump leftovers, right? Now, eventually Graves would take over for the, the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, and we would get a new person at the D.C. FBI Washington Field Office. But as soon as Graves was sworn in as the new U.S. Attorney in D.C., he put Wyndham on the team. I talked about this when it happened, but I thought it happened around January or February of 2022 because we didn't hear about it until March, but it actually happened in November of 2021. That's something new in this reporting. Wyndham pushed back on the FBI, who were still reluctant to investigate the top of the coup, and the FBI wouldn't help him out. Wyndham went to the FBI and said, we need to do search warrants uh, for, you know, Eastman and Clark and you know, we need to do search warrants for the fraudulent electors. And the FBI said no. So Wyndham turned to the Postal Service inspector. Oh, so good. And the Department of Justice inspector general, which isn't in this report. And, and holy shit, the FBI still hadn't opened an investigation into the fraudulent electors. According to this reporting, when Judge Carter made his ruling that Donald and Eastman obstructed an official proceeding. Now, that's wow. that's not true. <laughs> that is an, an error in this reporting. DOJ was sending out subpoenas and investigating the fraudulent electors as early as November of 2021. And that is reported in The Washington Post a long time ago. But if, if you, you know, if you want to say, well, which what are you saying? The Washington Post is wrong here or The Washington Post is wrong there. There's a court filing that was unsealed. And we talked about this that that shows 
that they were going after the fraudulent elector scheme, Clark, Eastman, and uh, you know that whole group of folks and the fraudulent electors, at least in January of 2022, well before this Judge Carter made made his ruling. And you know we've talked about that on multiple occasions. That's that's omitted from this piece. That is just from a straight up court filing, an unsealed grand jury proceeding from Judge Beryl Howe. And most of this stuff is information I've been reporting on the past two years. Like what, what I said, though, is what is new is that Sherwin and Dantuono shot down Cooney early on. Again, Pete and I are going to go over this in more detail on tomorrow's cleanup on All 45. Because, you know, Dana, I mean, all this pushback from the FBI and Dantuono and, and Sherwin, it still doesn't f- explain fully the entire eight months that it took. I mean, you could explain it by saying Republicans in the Senate did everything they could to obstruct getting a D.C. U.S. attorney appointed and Graves didn't get there until November of 2021. That's right. when Wyndham was appointed. Mm-hmm. You could also say perhaps Garland was waiting for the DOJ inspector general report on the fraudulent electors to come out. He, he testified in October of 2021 that he was going to follow those recommendations, indicating that report had not been submitted to him yet. But then Wyndham was put on the case. And even when he tried to go and get a lot of these subpoenas, the FBI said no. And we also know that the FBI said no when they were trying to get a search warrant for for Mar-a-Lago in the documents case. The FBI was reluctant to do that. So it's just the I think that the reporting is being spun a little bit differently than I'm thinking about it and that I think Mm -hmm. a lot of our listeners would think about it. But I just wanted to put that out there and I really encourage you to listen to because I still I do have criticisms here uh, about the DOJ and we talk about them on the on the cleanup on our 45 show tomorrow. All right. Thank you so much, AG. This is from Brad Reed at Raw Story. Well, it seems the Republican speaker of the North Carolina House of Representatives is a piece of crap. Also, he's being accused in using his position to secure sexual favors. As WSOC TV reports, a new lawsuit filed by former Apex City Councilman Scott Riley Lassiter claims that North Carolina House Speaker Tim Moore had an affair with Lassiter's wife, Jamie Lyles Lassiter, and I quote, despite knowing that she was married to the plaintiff, end quote. When Lassiter confronted his wife about this, that she confessed to the affair, okay, and said that she feared ending it would actually anger Moore, whom she feared would try to put her out of her job. Well, the couple have since separated and are in the process of getting a divorce. Now, in addition to the alleged affair with Lassiter's wife, the lawsuit also says that Moore, and I quote, engaged in group sex with other people seeking political favor. This is from WSOC-TV. An attorney representing Moore denied the accusations and felt confident that a full court hearing would refute Lassiter's charges. And they said, I look forward to meeting Mr. Lassiter in the courtroom. That's what they said. We are confident the speaker will be vindicated. I'm not. Yeah, neither am I. (laughs) Jamie Lyles Lassiter also denied the allegations and accused her estranged husband of highlighting it in the lawsuit as an act of revenge for their impending divorce. And this is a quote from her. Our marriage was a nightmare. And since I left him, it's only gotten worse, she said. We're reaching the end of our divorce process, and this is how he's lashing out. Bag of rats. Oh, yeah. Bag of rats. And from Timothy Bella at The Post, a vaccine scientist says anti-vaccine activists stalked his home on Sunday, on Father's Day, after Joe Rogan and others, including Twitter owner Elon Musk, challenged him to a debate with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's an anti-vaccine proponent and a Democratic presidential candidate, a debate over vaccine misinformation. Peter Hotez, Dr. Peter Hotez, Houston-based scientist, pediatrician in global health, vaccinology and neglected tropical disease control. 
He spent much of the pandemic debunking misinformation spread online about COVID-19 and the vaccines targeting the coronavirus. He was also part of a Nobel Prize-nominated team of scientists who created an affordable, easy-to-make coronavirus vaccine. Dr. Hotez criticized Rogan over the weekend as awful for hosting Kennedy, one of the country's leading anti-vaccine people who has peddled false claims linking vaccines to autism on Rogan's wildly popular podcast last week. In response, Rogan publicly challenged the vaccine scientists to debate Kennedy in a tweet Saturday that's now been viewed more than 50 million times. Rogan said he'd give $100,000 to the charity of Dr. Hotez's choice, quote, if you're willing to debate him on my show with no time limit, unquote. Then billionaires claimed they'd give more money and vaccine skeptics piled on. Among them, Elon Musk, who tweeted that Hotez was afraid He's a coward of public debate because he knows he's wrong. Good Lord. This is how the right wing does their ops, right? They lure you into a debate. Yeah. They get you to say something by asking you a specific question. Then they take what you said out of context and they attack you with it. So that's their MO. It's happened to me. But Hotez said he was not prepared for what unfolded Sunday when anti-vaccine activists showed up at his home to harass and taunt and confront him about Rogan's challenge to debate Kennedy. He tweeted that he was stalked in front of my home by a couple of anti-vaxxers taunting me to debate RFK Jr. In an interview Monday, Dr. Hotez said he and his wife were returning with a cake for Father's Day when two people accosted me, quote, when we were walking into the house. He shoved a cell phone camera in my face and asked if I would debate RFK on Rogan. They were clearly lying in wait. That's what Hotez told the Washington Post. It's very sad. All we were trying to do was get a cake for Father's Day. He added, quote, the anti-vaccine attacks usually come in waves of aggression. This one is about as bad as it's been in the last 20 years. So he gets this a lot. Now, Rogan has repeatedly played down the need for coronavirus vaccines and used his platform to flirt with misinformation. I would say just flat out give misinformation. I would say flirt. I think they were having some serious <laughs> sex. Yeah, it yeah they're flirting. having group sex with that GOP guy. Yeah. About COVID misinformation. In January 2022, a coalition of hundreds of doctors and public health experts called out Spotify for allowing Rogan to spread false and societally harmful assertions about COVID-19 and vaccines. Rogan responded by vowing to have mainstream experts give their viewpoints after guests espousing more fringe opinions, saying he would do my best to make sure I've researched these topics, the controversial ones in particular, and have all the pertinent facts at hand before I discuss them. Quote, I don't always get it right. He said, yeah, you don't. He has an estimated 11 million listeners per episode, by the way. Yeah, unbelievable. He's the highest paid guy, by the way, on Spotify. His podcast, he's, I, I think it's over, his contract's in the millions. 100, 100 million um, yeah. for them to exclusively have it. Uh, by the way, off the backs of musicians and other podcasters. Yep. Kennedy, who announced in April he was running for president, has parlayed his famous lineage of the son of RFK, Senator RFK, nephew of President John F. Kennedy, to become an influential advocate in environmental law. He's also publicly criticized by his family for his anti-vaccine activism. Dr. Hotez said he has attempted to reach vaccine skeptics by trying to go on the Joe Rogan experience during the pandemic when the host was having these people on his show who were very damaging and spreading vaccine misinformation, but he was unsuccessful. That trend continued when Rogan hosted Kennedy on his show Thursday for a three-hour conversation. A couple of days later, Dr. Hotez quote-tweeted his support of a Vice article called Spotify has stopped even sort of trying to stem Joe Rogan's vaccine misinformation. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Quote, from all the online attacks I'm receiving after this absurd podcast, it's clear many actually believe this nonsense, he wrote Saturday. His tweet got the attention of Rogan, who put out the challenge. And Dr. Hotez said he's happy to come on and clear the air, but he's not going to debate Kennedy. Uh, I don't think it's going to be productive, he said. 
To those misunderstanding what he's saying, he's not agreeing to debate Robert Kennedy Jr., Rogan wrote. Again, calling him a coward for not willing to come on and debate an absolute idiot. A conversation escalated when billionaires like Bill Ackman vowed to add $150,000 to the total so the public can hear an open debate. Musk chimed in again. Maybe Peter Hotez just hates charity, he said. Ah, the pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. Hotez did have a few billionaire supporters, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Then the vaccine scientist said he was overwhelmed by how some of the most influential users on the app, including its owner, were going after him for, quote, tweeting an article. These kinds of people, quote, usually don't come to my home. You always worry if they're carrying a weapon. I wasn't going to hang around to find out. In the days since his back and forth with Rogan went viral, Hotez says he's received death threats in his inbox. And he, Hotez, who is Jewish, said he also received messages with Nazi imagery. It has resulted in increased security at work and home, he said. Oh, thank you so much, AJ. Last story in this segment. This is former Attorney General Bill Barr, um, otherwise known as uh, Baby Dinosaur, not the mama, had strong <laughs> words. Have you ever Googled both pictures, by the way? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Google Baby Dinosaur, I think what it is, and, and the one that goes, not the mama, and it mm-hmm. looks just like Bill Barr. Well, he had finally some strong words for Donald Trump. Don't know where the fuck he was during the administration, but after Donald was indicted on charges of mishandling classified documents, arguing in an interview over the weekend that Trump, and this is from Bill Barr, and I quote, constantly engages in reckless conduct that puts his political followers at risk and the conservative Republican agenda at risk as well. Now, speaking to Robert Costa on Sunday's Face the Nation, Barr was asked to weigh in on Trump's behavior as alleged in special counsel Jack Smith's indictment. The former president, as we know, is facing 37 criminal counts, including willful retention of national defense information, conspiracy to obstruct justice, and making false statements. Well, according to Mr. Barr, Trump will always gratify his own ego ahead of everything else, including the best interest of the country. Uh, yeah. This is another quote. He's like a nine-year-old, defiant nine-year-old kid who always pushing the glass toward the edge of the table, defying his parents to stop him from doing it. It's a means of self-assertion and exerting his dominance over other people. And he's a very petty individual who will always put his interests ahead of the country's, his personal gratification of his ego. But our country can't be a therapy session for a troubled man like this. This is Bill Barr. Again, where the fuck were you four years ago? (laughs) According to Barr, Jack Smith has a strong case against the former president. He said, even if half of it's true, he's toast. That's what Barr said in a previous interview on Fox News. And ended it with, I mean, it's a very detailed indictment, and it's very, very damning. Well, in an op-ed published by the Free Press on Monday, Barr said he thinks Trump has been subjected to politically motivated investigations in the past, but the latest indictment does not fall into that category. He said Trump has been victim of witch hunt by obsessive enemies willing to do anything to bring him down. On those occasions, most predominantly Russiagate, and more recently the civil and criminal actions against him in New York, I've never shied away from defending him as his attorney general, by the way, not the attorney general of the United States. As his (laughs) attorney general, I witnessed firsthand the unfair and venomous treatment he and those in his administration often received. That's what Bill said. Now, he went on to say, it's also true, as I know well, that Trump is a deeply flawed, incorrigible man who frequently brings calamity on himself and the country through his dishonesty and self-destructive recklessness. Even his supporters, who can't help but acknowledge that he is his own worst enemy, know it. Well, according to the former AG, Jack Smith's other investigation into Trump in connection with the attack on the Capitol on January 6, 2021, is a weaker one. 
Barr skeptical of that probe on First Amendment grounds, just as he is skeptical of the Georgia DA's probe into Trump. Bonnie Willis is looking into whether the former president interfered, as we know, in the 2020 election in that state. Narrator interruption, he did. The former attorney general has also criticized the case brought against Trump by the Manhattan DA, who has accused the former president of falsifying business records in connection with a hush money payment to a porn actress. Well, we also know that he is guilty of that. At least he was indicted. He was indicted for other things in that case. Now, asked by Costa if Trump should be sentenced to jail as part of any conviction, Barr answered, in the negative, of course. He said, I don't like the idea of a former president serving time. No, oh, but he said, and he also went on to say he would still vote for him. <laughs> yeah, yep, that sounds the right. The incorrigible nine-year-old child of self-gratification who puts his own interests above the country's, but I'd vote for that guy. Who doesn't want that guy having the, the I, nuclear codes and a button? Yeah, I sure would. Um, anyway, whatever. Bill Barr's rehab tour is idiotic, Um uh, but, you know, again, bag of rats. It's important that we report on this stuff. Uh, I'm not trying to give Bill Barr a shoe shine here, but, you know, it's it's good to know uh, which Republicans are jumping ship and how how hard they're jumping ship, how fast. So anyway, that is the news. We'll be right back with the good news. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, a shout out to a loved one or a small business in your area or your small business or a whoopee story, blankie story, stuffed animal story, pod pet pics, uh, especially in costume. If you don't have a pod pet, you can send us an adoptable pet in your area. If you want to play what the mutt, whatever it is you want to do, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Uh, reminder, you can see the pics, the pod pics here if you are a patron. And they're always so good of the Daily Beans. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash Muller. She wrote uh, pronoun, pronouns, pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't edit that. Sometimes they just yell shit out just so you all know behind the scenes. <laughs> that one got me. <sighs> pronouns. Keep going. <laughs> First up from Steve. Pronouns. He and him. Dave isn't your only listener in Wajuk Noongar Bujar. Wajuk is the local dialectical group that refers to the people. Noongar, meaning Aboriginal Australian, and Bujar, meaning country. Writing to commend your pronunciation of Wajuk, as it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> More fun political fuckery from the land down under. The larger of the right-wing lunatic parties here is called the Liberal Party. Keep up the great work. Oh my okay. god, I'm so glad you got the first one and not me. Yeah, and I love how he didn't uh, tell me exactly how to pronounce it, just that it could have been worse. Yeah, I love it. All right. This is from Anonymous. Also does have pronouns, he and him. Hi, AG and DG. Stumbled over your podcast a while back, and I love the way you present the news in these often dire times. I just want to say thank you for all you do. Thanks to you, I know there's still a lot of good people out there. It's a little harder to keep up with all the details of American politics here in Germany, where media is reported on the interference of, quote, Judge Bannon, just as a judge has ruled, as if she did anything normal. Oh, Cannon, so, I think she means. Yeah. Oh, Judge Cannon. There you go. Although, I mean, they might be one in the same. Have we seen yeah. him in the mm. same room? We don't know. Mm. All right. 
So thank you for all your hard and good work you do. Now for pet tax, I added my favorite animal picture. A dolphin playfully jumping over a rainbow in front of a square rigged tall ship. Yes, not a pet, but I love this so much and I hope it makes people smile. I took it. Oh, he okay, took it. I took it near Horta uh, Azor- Azores on an Atlantic crossing with a traditional square rigged tall ship. Oh, cool. And maybe a little shout out to all the volunteers around the world who keep traditional ships, planes, and whatever alive. I would like to give a shout out as well to those people because I'm on planes a lot. Hmm. Second picture is from working aloft in the rigging just for some perspective. Okay. The ship is in the German Bark, I believe maybe, Bark, Bark, B-A-R-Q-U, Alexander von Humboldt, second. There's a quote I like that is attributed probably wrongly, but it's still a good quote to the ship's namesake. And the quote is, the most dangerous worldview is the one of those who never viewed the world. Nice. Oh, what a fantastic picture. Oh, wow. I love dolphins. Like, if I could come back as anything, it would be a dolphin. Look at that view. Yeah, that's amazing. Ooh. That's impressive. Ooh, it Great is. Square rig tall ship. Atlantic crossing. Very cool. Thank you, Anonymous. All right, next up from Anonymous. No pronouns. Hello, Laguma Nauties. N-A-U-G-H-T. Hello. Thanks for the daily summary and review of the relevant and important news. I, too, used to get my fill of legal analysis from a particular legal podcast. But anyways, I'm here listening to Clean Up, and I'm listening to Jack. I just want to say thanks for all of the informative content. I have an adoptable pet for you. My wife and I are fostering Bree, who is, as far as we can tell, an almost two-year-old boxer pit with a beautiful brindle coat. Our neighbor found her abandoned at a gas station where the attendant said someone tied her up, left a bag of food, bought a case of beer, and left. Fuck them. What an absolute fuckhead. Our neighbors tried to take her in, but the terrier was being a naughty little thing and was instilling bad habits in her. So we tried to take her in, and she's pretty cute and very sweet with people. She gets along with our two dogs, a Dobie and a German Shepherd, and is very good around us and our three daughters, ages 6 to 11. We cannot give her a forever home because we have farm animals, and she got out and attacked one of our Nigerian dwarf goats. The goat is fine after some stitches, but has PTSD around dogs now. If there's not a picture of a Nigerian dwarf goat at the end of the story, <laughs> I'm quitting the podcast. No, you cannot quit. <laughs> after much searching, we found a rescue in Oceanside, California that agreed to take her in, and we're fostering her for the rescue now. She really needs a regular home without prey animals to tempt her. Other than her instinct to chase things and try to use a goat as a chew toy, she's really a sweet dog around people and wants to cuddle on the couch all day. The rescue is Last Chance at Life. Their Aww. website is lastchanceatlife.org. I hope someone Jesus. needs a stout little cuddle bug and can give her a forever home. She's beautiful. Oh, I, I'm going to stay on my job just because of this face. Look at the last one. with the. Uh, oh, that's a good looking pup. Oh, so great. Thank oh you for that. Okay. Uh, thank you so much. This is from Paula, pronouns she and her. Hello, AG and DG. Thank you for all you do for me. All the MSW shows and the entire network are such a great source of what we all need to know. Pete hurts my TMJ. I love that guy. I wanted to share my one of many crimes and crimes indictment t-shirts to come. Uh, this one is my Marlardo tea. Oh, my pet tax is a what the mutt. Bella's five years old, showed up at our house covered in ticks. Oh, it took my vet three visits, lots of antibiotics, and $1,000 to get her healthy again. Now she's pampered girl who goes to the groomer every six weeks. She runs the house, keeps three chihuahuas and two African greys in line. Oh my God, I love African grey parrots. Me too. I think I'm Mary's all the time. Oh, yep, yep. 
Happy Juneteenth to all of our brothers and sisters. Love to all. Mar Alardo, 31 count indictment. Superseding mm. counts will follow. Oh, very, very, very gutsy prediction there. And then I'm making attorneys get attorney's shirt. And then look at this pupper. Uh, we get to guess though, right? Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, Pity, because why not? Chow, chow, because they're in everything. Pity, chow, staffy, right? Any other dog that's going to eat my face? A Rottweiler? I, I know Rottweilers are not. Yeah. All right. Um, so Pity, Chow, Staffy, Roddy. And you say Shepherd? I don't know. I just made up Shepherd's probably not true, but. All right. Let's see what we got here. Pity, Chow, Chow, Rottweiler, Staffy, and Bulldog. We oh, missed we the missed Bulldog. bulldog. But it's only 6% Bulldog. So that's we got, right. we got 94% of this dog pegged. That so was I'm, pretty I, good. That's an A. That's an A on any regular scale and even on a weighted scale so i'll take it i'll take it well done thank you all right finally from chelsea pronoun she and her high beans team this is the first time i'm writing in well i wanted it to be about some big milestone related to me getting my pilot license i thought this was a more worthy cause in the past i've heard you all help foster animals new get new homes or help rehome others on the good news so here goes my friend in southern california messaged me last night about helping out a sweet pity they see at a local airport Her current owner has been breeding her and selling the puppies on the side of the road. They're trying to get him to sell her to them, but my friend needs a place for her to go as a foster. She's an extremely sweet girl and is very friendly. He adores her, but with his doggos, fostering isn't in the cards right now. I was hoping you could help me find this sweet girl a potential foster family. I'm a sucker for pities too. My friend is willing to fly or drive her pretty much anywhere on the West Coast, but she really wants her to have a better life and not have to be bred or exploited anymore. Oh, man. Thanks so much for all you do. Yeah. What to do is if anybody is interested in fostering or adopting this pupper, this mama who's been used as a puppy mill, uh, send us an email at hello at MullerSheWrote.com. This this person's willing to fly anywhere on the West Coast. They're in Southern California. And just put um, just put airport dog in the in the subject line and we'll know exactly who to put you in touch with. So thank you for that, Chelsea. I appreciate that. And pilot license. I, I still want to, I want to know more about that. So you'll have to write in again. Love it. Love it. Them's, them's the rules. All right. That is the beans for today. You'll be out tomorrow. I'll be holding down the fort, but you'll be back after that the day after. And, uh, and I don't the day know what, after that, I don't know what day that's going to be. I just lost track, but I'm going to go listen to this uh, Eastman disbarment hearing. Rudy could be disbarred at any moment. Uh, Clark's disbarment proceedings have have been given the green light to go forward. So we might actually see some disbarring happening over the summer while it's a hot girl indictment summer. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And thanks to our patrons. You make the show happen. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? How's that Rochester show selling? I hope it's selling well. I haven't checked with tickets, so we'll just announce it one more time. I just put it on the social media and I saw you shared. So thank you for that, AG. Uh, Go to my website, danagoldberg.com. Hit appearances. It's a second show down. It's comedy at the Carlson. Tickets are really reasonable. I think with the fees, they're like twenty six fifty or something like that. But the the room only holds a hundred people. So, if you're going to be in the Rochester area, July twenty eighth, it's a Friday night. I would love to see you there. Um, get as many beans as we can in the room. I know it's kind of a, an obscure uh, city in Western New York, but um, it's it's a lovely place. I, I really like Rochester. So hopefully you're around and just come to the show. Come to the show. Yeah, Rochester's a blast. So. Thank you very much, Dana, and everybody. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And for God's sakes, take everyone you know with you. 
everyone, every single person. Please. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.